Hey everyone, today we're going to take a look at Inditex again. This time we will look at it from a quantitative standpoint and we will um, make some estimates about uh, growth rates for the future based on profit streams for the future. Let's go. Where does Inditex growth in profits come from? If you view Inditex business uh, from a high point, they mainly have two business segments, online and physical. Online sales grow faster because they have been uh, rolling out websites during these years. Um, so they have been investing a lot in uh, spreading the, those websites around the world. Uh, also because people are shopping more online uh, increasingly over the years. If you take a look at the written post, you will see a, a chart. And in that chart, you will see uh, part estimates, part fir firm values of uh, online sales growth and physical sales growth, and also total sales growth for Inditex. Um, and it is very interesting to see that um, physical sales growth uh, is... Um, 10% for the 2016, 5% 2017, 1% 2018, 6% 2019, and uh, minus 43% 2020, because we all know <laughs> the reason, so Corona. But online sales, uh, because they have been expanding, um, and also the, the customers are buying increasingly more online, um, we see growth rates of 24 uh, up to 65%. And this 65%, uh, this is uh, true across uh, most fashion retailers, uh, big brands, uh, Nike, for example. Um, the, the online sales accelerated um, precisely during the corona um, pandemic, the, the beginning. And this is because we couldn't shop physically, so we, we instead shopped online. But this chart alone doesn't justify anything because this is just historical data. Um, we can see the growth even in physical stores, um, but where can net income, net income growth come from uh, for a company like Inditex? And here's some, some sources of revenue. The first one, is volume, so selling more things. Um, and that uh, can come from two ways. So more people buying, so more users shopping in the text products, um, and can also come from people buying more. So the same people buying more items. Then you have pricing. So if you sell the same products, but at a higher price, that will also increase net profits. And you have product mix. So if you sell um, a t-shirt and you make a t-shirt, um, a premium t-shirt uh, uh, with the same style, but at, at a higher price point, you have a different product mix and you will sell uh, more because pre premium products um, have better margins. Then you have cost reductions. Um, and that one is uh, mostly self-explanatory, but we will dive into it later. How can they uh, do cost reductions? And uh, another one is profiting for a longer period because 
when you buy a company, you you know this, um, you know that you are buying the present value of uh, all the future cash flows. So if the company profits for longer, that's better. If you stay invested for, for that period of time, and we are investing for the long periods here. So that's good. Um, so that's another source of revenue, profiting for longer. So Inditex uh, is better off profiting uh, for 20 years than it is profiting for 10. <laughs> that's what I mean for by profiting for a longer period. As we will see, uh, not every one of them is measurable. And uh, we can see this happening with other companies, uh, for example, Facebook uh, with... Um, with their uh, ad relevance uh, growth. So if an ad becomes more relevant to you, you are more prone to click and that is better for Facebook, the advertisers, the users. And that is uh, not measurable as far as I, I can see. But Inditex has also sources of revenue that aren't measurable. But let's start with the first one. The first one is volume as a revenue source. To have more people buying, we need to either uh, have more people coming into the physical stores or increase uh, online traffic for from new users. And the latter, uh, although important and dependent, dependent on a, strong, a stronger brand, is unmeasurable to outsiders. Um, the former can be estimated. So uh, it is um, not possible, as far as I know, to, to know the growth in users from online shopping. Um, they, of course, know, but they don't um, share it with us on the, the 10 case. Inditex physical store strategy since 2012 has been to reallocate stores to central areas. And that's a plan that they call store optimization program. They have quantified the drawback of store closures because if they are reallocating some of them, they have to close stores, so they expect to lose some sales. Um, but they also expect to recoup um, most of those revenues with online shopping uh, or the stores that they open instead in those central areas. Um, the immediate impact of those closures is a total of 3 to 4% of profit before taxes, so EBT. And this is um, numbers um, by Inditex, so they, they told this in the 10K. Because population is increasingly moving into urban areas, there's an upward pressure in food traffic where Inditex stores are. And you have a chart uh, based on World Bank data, so we can we can say that is uh, a fairly um, secure data to use. And you will see that the the rural population percentage since 1960 has decreased from two thirds of the total world population to only. Uh, about 40% of the world population. And uh, urban population is the, the other side of the coin. So it is now over 50% uh, of the total population and it is rising at a um, decreasing rate, but at around 2% uh, KJR per year. So compound annual growth rate. This means that if you consider this data to be reliable, 
uh, and that means that urban urban population growth uh, defined by their standards uh, and they have clear standards about what's urban and what's not um, and yeah, if you assume that the the changes uh, of the their standards didn't affect this definition of urban population too much so if the data is reliable to us we can say that uh, there's 2% more food traffic in urban areas uh, each year. And that means 2% more potential customers because Inditex is mostly where food traffic is highest within each urban area. That's their objective. And they have been doing this for uh, about 10 years now. Um, and this is the, that uh, change is uh, almost finished, by the way. Um, this macro trend should help help revenues grow at a one to two percent KJR, uh, and help advertise the brand organically. Because um, if you have high food traffic, uh, you you see their brand lots of times, um, and this is not new. Um, also, they also they they usually put themselves near uh, other high fashion brands, and. That also helps with the brand building, um, especially Zara is the, the most known one and uh, the, also the one that accounts for most of the revenues. So this helps the, the brand to grow organically. So the first one was volume, then we have pricing and pricing power. Um, we already mentioned uh, SINT, SINT in Inditex qualitative analysis, which you can check uh, on the written post. And that is at stockpickinginsights.com, uh, where this, this post is too, in the written form. And SINT is a natural consequence to RFID tagging. Uh, if you know where every product is at all times, it allows you to sell it physically and online without making the mistake of selling the same item twice. So it is uh, a great starting point to manage the inventory better, but that's not where it ends. The biggest advantage of SINT Synth is to have the same item displayed in multiple places because that increases the chances of that item being sold. Because um, if the same item is in two places, uh, there are more, potentially, more eyes looking at it. So there's more chances to, to buy the same item. And this helps to keep inventories low. And if you take a look at the sales uh, inventory of Inditex and compare it to other uh, fashion brands, you will see that uh, Inditex is among the lowest of the industry. Uh, and maybe only Boohoo, the, the UK online, uh, fully online uh, fashion brand, comes close to that. Also, if my items sell more easily, there is lesser need for discounts and average selling prices stay closer to full price. So there's less need for discounts. This is all, uh, also uh, an advantage um, of uh, having the same item in multiple places. Um, you also have pricing power, and the question we should ask is, would Inditex be able to rise prices at the rate of inflation or more? Uh, all we can say is that we see higher price points at Zara's stores, um, which again accounts for 70% of revenues, 
Uh, we see the those higher price points from several sources, um, and we uh, you have an example, you have a link on the written post uh, about that uh, that focus on loungewear products. Uh, they purposely anchor themselves to high fashion origins, and they charge premiums based on it. Um, you can see this behavior by by looking uh, at where the physical stores are. Um, and all this uh, helps to, to say that Inditex has the power to keep up with inflation because of their brand. They have a, a good brand, uh, Zara especially, because it's the most known one. Um, Inditex sells the image of affordable compared to high fashion brands. Um, it is very well known and sought. Um, if you take a look at the last 15 years, they have 3% average like-for-like -like sales growth. Um, and I expect them to keep up with inflation. Uh, for example, Primark, uh, because it competes for the low cost, it would have a ha harder time raising prices. Um, and the same goes for Boohoo. Um, but to say that Inditex have the pricing has the pricing power of a luxury brands, that's far-fetched because... Um, in Nike, for example, has much more pricing power than Zara because they have a much stronger brand. Um, the competition is too fierce to to for for Inditex to have that power today. But who knows how the brand will develop in the future? Uh, they may be able to do so for short periods of time. The, those price increases based on some distribution advantages that boost service quality, but um, it is not a fairly um, long-term um, argument for inflation uh, price increases. The third source of revenue is product mix. Product mix is also uh, one of the sources. If you face a choice between a regular shirt for 20 euros and a shirt from sustainable and or recycled materials for 23 euros, euros and end up buying the eco-friendly one, they just increase their revenues with better product mix. Because um, the difference between the shirts from a supply chain perspective is a raw material. Um, um, and the design and the manufacturing process is largely largely the same. You still have to design the shirt, uh, dye it, cut it, and uh, outsource the sewing and the accessories, the buttons, zippers, as you would with a normal shirt. Um, but there is not that much difference. So the um, the premium that you get to charge on the eco-friendly or the sustainable product. Uh, will likely uh, be better for the product mix and end up uh, increasing uh, net income. So same costs, or uh, not exactly the same costs, but around the same costs, but higher revenues and operating margins. Now, how do you estimate revenues from better product mix? You don't. Um, fast fashion retailers don't plan most of their product offerings for the season, so it's not like Coca-Cola planning to produce an hypothetical uh, premium packaging in, or in order to boost product mix revenues. 
but does this mean that product mix is irrelevant? Uh, for a quantitative analysis, I would say yes, but for a qualitative analysis, definitely no. Um, they historically have more full price sales than the competitors because I rotate the product offerings faster. Um, and this creates scarcity and urgency, reducing the need for discounts. So uh, this is one of the reasons why Inditex is well positioned to benefit from product mix revenues. Um, the other one is that Inditex gathers more customer feedback than competitors and from more sources too. So because they have uh, physical stores and online stores, they have uh, various sources uh, of different types of data. Uh, the main reason is uh, size. They get to collect more data because they have uh, more revenues, more stores, um, uh, more years operating. So they have a more known brand. So all of that helps uh, collecting more data. Um, then you have the culture of getting feedback uh, originally from stores and the presence in both online and physical. Um, for example, some competitors are only operating online, such as uh, uh, ASUS and Boohoo, so they don't get to collect personal feedback from stores. Inditex growth in profit from cost reductions. Uh, the store optimization program is set to make Inditex less capital intensive. Um, here are some of the positive consequences of that. The first one is less inventory overall. Uh, if I merge two stores by absorbing the oldest one, uh, the worst located one, I don't need to have inventory in two places anymore. So uh, that reduces inventory instantly. Then you have less fixed assets and depreciation expenses and less headcount too because they have less stores, so that will be reduced. And thirdly, you have lower inventory costs. Because my inventory is more centralized, I now don't need as many trips uh, as before to fulfill uh, the store orders. Um, inventory costs factor in those transportation costs, so that will reduce uh, cost of sales because that's where inventory uh, goes. Uh, the effects of these changes are already in place though, due to near completion of the program. So we are, we are already seeing the effects of these changes um, and we will uh, thus ignore it when talking about future world. But one specific item is headcount savings and headcount savings uh, is uh, very important when it comes to cost reduction. And they have been running their business with proportionally less people. Um, so sales uh, are growing, but headcount is not growing as fast as sales anymore. And in fact, if you take a look at the chart that I uh, have on the written post, you will see that um, they go hand in hand, but the gap is getting closer, closer up until uh, 2018 when it reverses. So sales goes up, but full-time employees or headcount, it's the same thing, uh, stays mostly flat. Um, as you can see, the gap between headcount and sales uh, has been closing and even reversed in 2018. If you take employees per million uh, euros of sales and you see how it is, has been developing, 
you arrive at a minus two percent five-year rolling HR. So um, that is uh, what I was talking about uh, on the chart. And 15 years ago, they had uh, 8.5 employees per million euros of sales. So uh, each one made around uh, once 125,000 uh, sales was responsible for that indirectly. Um, but that number came down from uh, 8.5 to 6.8. And that means that they can make the same sales, but with less people. Uh, the absolute of number, the absolute number of employees went up, but that's also because uh, sales went up. Uh, the exception for this is 2020 with the pandemic, uh, because they they had to cut costs in order to stay profitable. Um, but again, the headcount is not growing as fast as sales, and that's a good sign of headcount reductions. Um, it is a good sign, but we also have to be careful uh, because this is uh, only uh, a good sign if you trust the management because uh, headcount reductions are easy to do, but they may not be good for the, for the long term because they may deteriorate the business. For example, if you, if you fire the most important people in your business simply because you, they are taking too much money from it, um, they are uh, too vital and should be uh, better paid. So uh, that is important for the long-term profitability of the company. Uh, so that makes them stay in the game for longer. But Inditex has a, what I consider to be a good management and I, tr I trust their um, their way of managing. So this is not concerning and this looks like the, um, the product of um, operational cost reductions. The effect of headcount reductions is uh, direct. Uh, you can see it in income statements. Um, because they operate with less fixed costs, uh, they get higher margins as a result. And in fact, uh, we can uh, point to how they, how they are doing it. Uh, the driver is operational efficiencies. Uh, Inditex is always striving to make their business less labor intensive. You have examples, uh, for example, robots uh, such as Cleveron 402, and that's an automatic dispenser for click and collect. Um, and I mean buy in store and uh, buy online and pick up in store. Um, they made a, they bought a robot for that. Uh, that helps uh, because you don't have to have the the store uh, clerks picking the the items and giving giving it to the customer. The customer can do it uh, themselves. Um, another machine replacing human capital is the self checkout unit. So. Um, you don't have to pay uh, with the, the assistant of, assistance of a human. It's like grocery shopping. You can do it with a self-checkout unit. All these automations are far from globally de delivered and new ones are expected to come in the future. Uh, I expect headcount relative to sales to keep decreasing at uh, 1 to 2% to KGR over the next 10 years. Considering the average cost of each employee, this should boost net profit for 
uh, around the same amount, 1% to 2% KGR, so compound annual growth rate over the next 10 years. And finally, we have profiting for a longer period. And this subject deserves focus because it is very important uh, if we are investing for the long term to have a company that profits for a long period of time. Um, and let's start with an example, an hypothetical example. Uh, if Inditex grows at 8% for five years and dies on the sixth, you made 50% at most. Um, and that's if you sell at the highest point before the company goes bust. Uh, you can also make zero to ne negative return if you sell too late. And on the other hand, if Inditex grows at half of that, 4%, but for 20 years instead of five years, uh, you will dub double your money without moving a finger. So um, it is for the long-term investor, it is a delight to buy a company that um, it would be uh, it would be great if we knew that it it will stay operating for twenty years because that means that if the company is good, you most probably don't have to worry much about it. So it is almost uh, passive uh, income. Um, Inditex is better positioned to be the latter, so they are, they are better positioned to be profitable for long periods of time. But uh, we shouldn't expect too much growth, but we will uh, consolidate all the, these little topics that we've been talking about in a bit. Uh, they are not banking on an industry shift, uh, unlike, for example, uh, Facebook is getting a, a big tailwind from that. Not they are banking on it, but they are uh, growing a lot from it. And I'm talking about um, the shift from offline to online advertising. You also have, for example, Alphabet taking advantage of that. And Alphabet is also taking advantage of clouds. Uh, so physical servers going to, to online. The two industry shifts in one company. But Inditex is um, uh, not banking on it. You have consumers increasingly spending online. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are spending more overall because um, they are they may be spending the same, but instead of spending physically, they are spending uh, online. Um, an Inditex shareholder expects uh, Inditex to do uh, the same in twenty years, uh, so. We expect them, we should expect them to be reacting to consumer trends, but uh, more efficiently than today. And so that means that they, most of their growth is likely to come from cost reductions. Uh, it's more bond-like than growth-like. The key factors for longevity of Inditex business are brand strength and operational advantage. Uh, the first one creates a demand for their specific products, uh, distancing the competition. If I'm looking for an iPhone, uh, the competitors, uh, competitors are already at a big disadvantage because I won't be looking at them, the others, as much. Uh, the second one, uh, operational advantage, ensures higher profitability and better customer service. If I deliver faster and cheaper than co the competitors uh, or make online returns less of a hassle, 
I will more likely turn to Inditex. So cost reductions uh, can also uh, make the competitive advantage uh, more durable and better. There is plenty of little differences between, between Inditex and the competition. Uh, Uniqlo, um, Uniqlo is, uh, if you don't know, the, the biggest brand from from fast retailing and fast retailing is a, a company similar to Inditex but um, they don't manufacture their own products um, and also they don't ship to Spain nor Portugal um, so they don't ship globally um, Boohoo for example makes you return products by shipping them to the distribution center uh, while Inditex allows you to drop them off at uh, Celeritas points uh, or at the SOAR for free, or uh, you can even schedule with uh, um, their uh, transportation businesses and they will pick it up at your house for free. So they have uh, that uh, those advantages. Boohoo also charges uh, $7.99 at the time of writing for international shipments. Um, and that number is lower for Inditex. Uh, H&M is coming in aggressively with free home delivery. Um, you just have to make an account. They also have 100 days to return items. So they are um, doing more aggressive campaigns than Inditex. Um, they make an even better and, and possibly not sustainable uh, deliver, delivery proposition that uh, than Inditex. So there's plenty of little differences between the competition. If we put all of this together, um, we get food traffic revenue growth, 1% to 2% KJR, and we get uh, headcount reductions, 1% to 2% KJR too, so there's not much uh, measurable growth here. Um, if you take another look at, at like for like sales, um, and they define like for like sales uh, with stars operating for two fiscal years, and I separate like for like um, physical from like for like uh, online, because uh, they in their like for like they don't do that separation, but we should do it because we want to see how is physical and online going separately. Um, but even if, if you do that, um, because uh, and another point is that uh, because online is growing so fast, um, like for like sales look better than the, they may be. So that's another reason for you to uh, separate those two, physical and online. But even if you do that, you'll see that physical stores are healthy and they look uh, higher than the 2% KHR from food traffic. And that means that, um, that that may be because of brand strength and, and an unmeasurable qualitative aspect. That is a, a, an unmeasurable a, qualitative aspect. And uh, it is a revenue driver, um, but we can only see uh, brand strength, uh, the effects of it uh, in hindsight. So... Uh, like for like sales look better than what we are forecasting and they may stay like this in the future and that is due to brand strength.
Um, due to the adapting business model, we can expect Inditex to be around in the next 10 to 20 years. And that is not um, a light thing to say because uh, not many businesses are um, that that clear to, to be operating for those long periods of time because so much happens in 10 to 20 years. Uh, the internet is, has been around mostly uh, since the 90s, so <laughs> that's not much more than 20 years. And that is a rare thing in itself, a company to be operating that long. And um, uh, growth mainly will come from optimization and brand strength. And uh, I am extra unforgiving with the EV ratio at which I go in with Inditex because of that. Uh, so, because I don't expect growth, um, I I, sh uh, I don't pay too high of a, of an EV compared to what is considered uh, average for uh, for Inditex and for the industry. That's it, guys. If you like the content, uh, please share it. It helps with your long-term investors. And if you'd like to check the written versions, you can also subscribe to the newsletter. Um, and that's at stockpickinginsights.com. And we'll see you next week.